0: This episode of Hornet Heaven is dedicated to the memory of Freddie Fincham, a Watford fan for all of his 14 years on Earth, before he left us, far, far too soon. Fly high, Freddie. Previously in Hornet Heaven. (laughs) I'm dangling perilously above the infinite emptiness of space. What's happened to Hornet Heaven? Down on Earth, because of the coronavirus pandemic, fans aren't allowed into stadiums to attend matches. Hornet Heaven has become detached from Watford because football clubs are becoming less tied to their locality. This is terrible. The programmes are floating free from the shelves. Let's look on the bright side, chaps. It's not as bad for us up here as it is for people down on Earth, wherever Earth is these days. Hornet Heaven may be spinning away, untethered in space, but at least we still get to go to games through the ancient turnstile. Hornet Heaven, the grey groundhopper, written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace. Earth Season 2020-21 Dear, oh dear, it was November 2020. Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881, was slouched on one of the yellow leather sofas in the Hornet Heaven Atrium. Dear, oh dear, oh dear, The father of the club glanced up and saw Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's head of programmes. Bill was wearing a purposeful expression on his face. ''Come on, Henry,'' Bill said, ''on your feet.'' ''What? No, I can't move, Bill.'' ''Yes, you can. Up you get. I can't. The football we play under Vladimir Ivitch is too tedious.'' I honestly think I may die of boredom, even though I'm already dead. Let me just re-expire quietly on my own. Bill grabbed Henry's arms and pulled him up onto his feet. Don't be silly. There's a lot more to football than just the football, Henry, as I'm about to show you. Oh, God... Not another of your magical history tours, is it? Please, Bill, old thing, I'm too worn down by Ivich's tactics. Or lack of them. Bill started pushing Henry towards the atrium exit. It wasn't too difficult because they were both hovering slightly above the floor in Hornet Heaven's reduced gravity conditions while it was floating untethered from Earth towards the far reaches of the universe. They went through the doors and onto the front step. In front of them was the endless void of space. Stop it. Stop clinging onto the doors, Henry. (coughs) Let go, Henry. (sighs) Right, here we go. Bill put his arms around Henry from behind, like a skydiving instructor, and bundled the father of the club forwards. They dived into the deep black chasm. Whee! Isn't this fun, Henry? No, Bill, not in the slightest. Ivitch Ball has sucked all joy from my existence. Bill then pulled them out of their dive and swooped them up into a backstroke position. He cupped a hand around Henry's chin, using the life-saving technique he'd learned as a boy, and kicked his feet to propel them to the ancient turnstile in the wall of the stadium, which was the usual distance away from the atrium, just down an occupation road that wasn't there anymore. Please, Bill, let me drop, let me fall away into the cosmic abyss forever. I want us to get back to the Premier League, but not by sending our opponents to sleep. I never want to see another sideways pass, Bill, old thing. I'd rather see the inside of a black hole. Release me, please. Let me sink into the nothingness. Bill held tight to Henry. When they arrived at the ancient turnstile, Bill grabbed the bottom rung and pushed Henry up. Chin up, Henry. I'm about to remind you of one of the many pleasures of football that have nothing to do with kicking a ball in any direction. Here we are. Let's go through. They arrived in Bill's happy place. It was a small, unassuming football ground. Down one side, the modest, low-roofed main stand had walls of green corrugated iron. At the far end, concrete terracing, to a height of 20 steps, stretched from corner flag to corner flag. The rest of the ground, though, was pretty much all constructed from wood. There was wooden terracing on wooden stilts with wooden fencing. There were covered stands with wooden pillars and wooden roofs, with wooden huts nestling behind. All of these structures were neatly crafted, a marvel of carpentry. There were trees too, beyond the terracing, but you couldn't see the trees for the wood, as Bill liked to joke to himself whenever he visited. They were here on a summer's evening, and to Bill's mind, football venues didn't get any better than this. It was unpretentious, easy going, and easy on the eye. It felt homely, even when you were an away fan. My goodness, Henry said. Where have you brought me? To my favourite football ground in the world, Henry. Or in the universe, perhaps I should say, in our current circumstances. It's called Top Field. Hitchin town play here. Well, I must say, it really is rather quaint, Bill. Are we going to see some decent football? To be honest, Henry, I don't really know. It's one of Watford's 1998-99 pre-season friendlies and we win 5 nil But I've never really paid attention to the game. I just enjoy being here. I'm a bit like that with football grounds, you see, Henry. I like them for their own sake. Really? You're not one of these, uh, what do you call them now, Uh, uh, ground hoppers, are you? Bill, as usual for trips to matches, was wearing a Watford scarf with several metal badges pinned on. He glanced down. Next to a round one with a gold hornet on a black background and a legend that said Watford AFC Supporters Club, he found the badge he was looking for. It was a ball with the number 92 on it, the logo of the 92 club, indicating that he'd visited every league ground in England and Wales. He pointed to it for Henry. What? You are a ground hopper? Good Lord, Bill! I really didn't have you down as an unwashed, social inadequate in a duffel coat and bad slacks and bad trainers, clutching a plastic carrier bag containing a pencil, a notebook and a Tupperware box of white bread sandwiches. Well, (laughs) I do try to hide it, Henry. Those of us who aren't quite in the mainstream of fans tend to get a fair bit of You sly old sausage, you're a secret saddo abuse. I bet you keep a tally of how many grounds you've been to with Watford. Oh, <laughs> uh, to be fair, uh, you've got me banged to rights there, Henry. Uh, Watford have played league matches at the homes of 124 clubs and, well, um, I've been to them all. Marvellous. Good old nerdy Bill. It sounds like you do well to keep it suppressed most of the time, old thing. Well, uh, I did struggle to keep a lid on it between 1971 and 1983, when Watford played on 92 grounds in 12 years. That was a very heady time. But it's always most exciting when we change divisions. I got to visit 11 new grounds in a single season when we became founder members of the new Division 4 in 1958-59. Henry grinned at his old friend's candour and looked around the arena a little more. He couldn't deny that Topfield had an eccentric charm, but personally, he preferred stadium design that was more uniform, with all four sides conceived and constructed to match or complement each other. Like Port Vale's, Vale Park in the 1950s, or the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in 2019. He liked to see a coordinated approach that pointed towards progress, as demonstrated by the improvements at Vicarage Road in recent years. Bill and Henry stepped onto one of the wooden terraces and wandered along the planking to go and stand behind the goal. The evening was warm and fans were happily chatting or reading the match programme, which looked more like a homemade fanzine than an official matchday publication. Henry found himself warming to the homely feel of the occasion, especially at a time when the main part of Hornet Heaven was floating away from Earth towards distant galaxies. As they strolled... They saw someone standing on their own, three or four steps below them on the terracing. From behind, Henry could see a duffel coat with the hood up, bad slacks, bad trainers, and a plastic carrier bag. Henry chortled. Ha! See that, Bill? That's your best mate, that is, a ground hopper. At the sound of Henry's voice, the figure turned round and stared at them. Suddenly Henry and Bill were face to face with a being they'd never seen before. Oh, my great-aunt Fanny! What is it? It looks more like a grasshopper than a groundhopper. The humanoid creature had huge black almond-shaped eyes on a grey egg-shaped face with a small lipless mouth and no nose or ears. It had a disproportionately large bald head. Beneath the open duffel coat, its grey, hairless body was scrawny like a child's. It's an alien, Henry. An alien? In haunted Heaven? Run, Bill! Run! Run for your life! Run for your afterlife! This Hornet Heaven story is brought to you in association with the Bill Mainwood Program Hut, the iconic porter cabin serving deceased Hornet fans with programs that can take them through the ancient turnstile to every single ground on which Watford had ever played. Enjoy visiting our former home pitches at Vicarage Meadow and Rose and Crown Meadow back in the 19th century, or visit long-lost homes like Thames AFC's 120,000 capacity stadium that attracted just... 853 people for Watford's visit in 1931. Or visit far-flung venues like the Madurka Stadium in Kuala Lumpur, where Watford beat a Malaysian National 11 in 1982. Or the People's Stadium in Beijing, where Watford beat a Chinese National 11 twice in 1983. From my hut, you can traverse the globe from Scunthorpe to Shanghai using my programmes as metaphorical magic carpets. So there we have it. I'll see you soon at the Bill Mainwood Programme Hut for all your programme and travel needs. Bill stepped closer to the creature. Henry had run off, but Bill felt strangely drawn to this unexpected visitor. He smiled and said, Hello? The extraterrestrial pivoted its head as if curious. Its large black eyes blinked. Bill lifted a hand in peace, with all five fingers spread apart. The alien did the same, spreading all three fingers. Bill brought his index finger towards his own face and touched his lower eyelid. The alien mimicked Bill's movement with one of his long, gnarled digits. Bill then gestured around the picturesque stadium before bringing his hands together on his chest on top of his heart. The alien did exactly the same. Beneath the grey skin of the creature's chest, Bill noticed a warm red glow. Bill said, Me, human. Me, man. Me, groundhopper. Like you. The alien seemed to nod slightly. Oh, and also... Bill pointed to the yellow and black bars of his scarf. Me? Watford? The alien leaned forward. Its black eyes blinked again. Then it stretched out its arm and pointed with a long, bony finger. Bill glanced down. The tip of the finger was resting on his 92 Club badge. ''Oh, uh, yes, that's my...'' He looked up again and saw that the alien was pointing with its other hand to one of several badges on its duffel coat. The badge had a similar design, a ball and a sequence of symbols that seemed as if it might denote a very large number. Bill imagined it could be 92,000. ''Goodness, you do have a lot of grounds where you come from.'' Suddenly he heard a scuffling noise from beneath the wooden planking of the terrace. He looked down. He could just see Henry's face peering through. Henry hissed. Bill, Bill, get away Bill, for God's sake. It's an alien. But it's friendly, Henry. You can't be sure of that. And anyway, what's it doing here? Notching up ground number 92001, as far as I can tell. I mean, how did it get into Hornet Heaven? Well, presumably it's a deceased alien and we've collided with its heaven just like we've collided with Hatter Heaven a couple of times before. But that's always been at Christmas, Bill. How can it have happened in November? Surely the laws of physics are immutable, even when you're in deep space. I'm not sure the laws of physics quite apply to Hornet Heaven anywhere in the universe. If I'm honest, Henry. Whatever the case, you need to listen to me, Bill Mainwood. I'm the father of the club, and I definitely think you should run. Well, I think you should come out and say hello. This alien is a guest in Hornet Heaven. As father of the club, it's your duty to be a welcoming host. Not on your nelly. Running away is clearly the thing to do. Right, that's enough. Come out of there, Henry. Come and do your job. I'm going to invite the alien to join us on the magical history tour of wonderful football grounds that I was taking you on. It'll benefit both of you. Bill took Henry and his new extraterrestrial friend to several more of his favourite football grounds. First, he took them to a Watford away game against Norwich City in December 1921. In those days, Norwich played at a ground that had been crammed into an old chalk pit and was called The Nest. In one corner there was a steep cliff, with higgledy-piggledy terraces carved into it. From a distance, it looked as if the tightly packed spectators up there had been poured on like baked beans over wonky slices of thick toast. The place always put Bill in mind of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon and was, in his view, one of the seven wonders of the ancient football world. The alien seemed to agree as it gazed up at the extraordinary sight of spectators happily perched on precipitous ledges. The creature's chest glowed red. Henry, though, merely muttered something about health and safety. Next, Bill took them to a 3-1 Watford away win at South End United in April 1930. South End's ground was housed within an amusement park called the Kurz Isle. Behind the low stand on one side of the pitch, there was a huge roller coaster, And beyond the banking behind one of the goals, there was a tall water chute. The alien's chest glowed red again. Even Henry was starting to perk up. He went to try out the view from the top of the water chute. When George James completed his hat-trick for Watford, Henry whizzed down the slide on his bottom arms aloft, whooping with joy. The next stop on the tour was Preston North End's ground to watch Watford's exceptional giant-killing victory in the FA Cup third-round replay in January 1950 in front of 27,000 people. Bill, Henry and the alien stood in front of the pavilion stand, looking across at the west paddock, a barrel-roofed stand that stretched the full length of the opposite touchline, with tall, thin pillars every few yards. Bill expected the alien wouldn't understand but nonetheless he explained how, in 2020, Deepdale had been in continuous use longer than any other professional football ground, since 1875, when it had been farmland. The alien's chest glowed red again, and Henry said he could strongly relate to the fact that they were standing in the very place where Preston were already playing football when he founded Watford Rovers in 1881 in Canterbury Park. Excellent work, Bill, old thing, Henry said. What a splendid magical history tour this is. When one fully appreciates the venues we visit for Watford matches, one begins to realise there really is much more to football than the football. It makes the whole experience less agonising when we follow Vladimir Ivic's team to championship venues like this and don't see a shot on goal. Bill smiled. He was glad he'd been able to change Henry's perspective. But he wished he could communicate a bit more with the alien. They clearly had a lot in common. A moment later, his wish came true. The creature pointed a long, spindly finger towards him. With its other hand, it did the same towards Henry. Gently, it placed a finger on each of their foreheads. uh, What's it doing? Henry said. ''Relax, Henry,'' Bill replied. ''I'm sure it'll be all right.'' They saw the alien close its big black eyes. Suddenly, Bill and Henry were on a whirlwind tour of a series of extraordinary football grounds. First, they were on the touchline of a pitch that occupied the whole of a small rocky outcrop in the middle of a swirling yellow ocean on a planet in the M64 galaxy, 17 million light-years away. Next, they were in a 400,000-seater bowl in the so-called Cartwheel galaxy, 500 million light-years from Earth. Above the stadium, the spectacular spiral of a vast helix nebula filled the sky. Later, they were watching football inside a huge glittering cube of thousands of smaller cubes stacked in sheer walls around a purple pitch. This is incredible, Bill, Henry cried. It's a marvel of design. It clearly signals the home club's status and class. Gino Pozzo would love it. I love it. It's not hitching town, that's for sure, Bill said. Next, they were in a small spaceship, alongside thousands of other small spaceships, all of them hovering around a football pitch at what appeared to be the deep space equivalent of a drive-in stadium. Eventually they found themselves back at Preston in 1950, where the alien had lowered its fingers from their foreheads. Good Lord, that was fabulous! Henry enthused. It wasn't a magical history tour. It was a magical future tour. Bill looked at the alien. He felt overwhelmed by what he'd just been shown. Wonderfully overwhelmed. He cupped his hands over his heart. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. The alien's chest glow red. Bill wasn't quite sure what to do next. He guessed the alien's heaven would soon uncouple itself from theirs, so he decided on an act of everlasting friendship. He unfastened one of the badges from his Watford scarf, the round black Supporters Club badge with the gold hornet, and pinned it onto the alien's duffel coat. There, Bill said. Badge for you. Badge memento. The extraterrestrial nodded slightly, then it unpinned two of its own badges that had alien graphics and symbols, presumably a club crest. It attached one to Bill's scarf and one to Henry's coat. Goodness, Henry said. That's extremely civil of you, old... um, well, uh, yes, uh, old... thing, I suppose. Whatever kind of thing you are. For a while, the three of them stood in front of the pavilion stand at Deepdale on a Wednesday night in 1950 and watched Watford pull off a remarkable cup upset, with Big Dave Thomas crashing on the only goal 15 minutes from time following a set piece. Then, just before the final whistle, the aliens started to fade from Bill and Henry's view. "'Oh, no,' Bill said." You're leaving us. Bill lifted a hand. Fingers spread wide in farewell. The alien did the same. Henry took off a glove and reciprocated fondly. The alien gradually disappeared. Bill stood on the terrace and gazed where the alien had been. He felt a sense of bereavement. Briefly, he'd met a kindred soul, a creature that shared his appreciation of football grounds. As a groundhopper, he'd always felt he was in a maligned minority. But now, he knew he was far from alone. There were beings like him all over the universe, in galaxies far and wide. Well... "'Who would have thought it, eh, Bill?' Henry said, eventually, "'as they made their way back to the ancient turnstile "'and the main part of Hornet Heaven, floating in space. "'An intergalactic ground-hopper, you mean, Henry?' No, bad slacks and bad trainers, Bill. "'Who knew that fashion crimes are being committed "'throughout the entire universe?' "'Oh, I... not really, Bill, old thing?' I jest. What I mean is, who'd have thought your magical history tour would, once again, do the trick and get me to see the error of my ways? Good. So you've seen the bigger picture. You won't be slumping on the yellow sofas any more, having set too much store on the football we're playing under Vladimir Ivic. No, Bill. On the contrary... I've learned I need to set more store on the football we play. I need to care more that his wretched football isn't delivering. What? How have you come to that conclusion? Because I've seen what's possible, Bill. Before today, I wanted us to get back into the Premier League, but that isn't enough. There are clearly interplanetary leagues, old thing. Intergalactic leagues, probably. I want the club I founded to compete at the highest level, and that means proving we can do it on a wet Tuesday night in the cartwheel galaxy 500 million light-years from Earth. That needs to be our aim, Bill, old thing, either with Ivich or without him. Really? Yes, Bill Mainwood. Really? Bill nodded without completely agreeing. He wasn't sure that extending the club's ambition quite so dramatically would lead to greater happiness among Watford supporters. On the other hand, he did quite fancy the chance of becoming a member of a 92,000 club, if that's what intergalactic leagues would bring. That was a marvellous thing about following a successful Watford football club, he thought to himself. It enabled and embraced a wide range of different interests among fans. I'm with you, Henry, Bill declared, happily following along behind the father of the club. I'm with you all the way, wherever it leads. The End The Grey Groundhopper was written and produced by Ollie Wickham. It was read by Colin Mace. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com.